0: Welcome, everyone. Welcome to this mastermind. I appreciate you being on uh, today if you're on live or if you're watching this after the fact. Welcome. Uh, This mastermind is really for business leaders of teams, right? So you may be a founder of your company or you're somebody who leads a significant responsibility in your organization. And mostly what I talk about from a leadership perspective is how to coordinate people to do their best work together. And for those of you who have been around a while, I'm very passionate about execution in organizations. And that is today's topic. It's all around, what is at the source of brilliant execution? So we'll get into that. I'm going to start with this first figure on the screen, which is 80%. So 80%, what does that mean? Well, in a study done by Harvard Business Review, they found that 80% of all major change initiatives or projects or team goal planning failed 80% of what people like yourself instituted or uh, began with your teams, whatever that may be, it may be a specific standalone project, a a new product you're bringing to market, uh, a project within a project, a goal setting exercise. But if you put all that together, 80% of the time, those fall short of expectations. I'm just going to say that they fail because if we don't actually meet the objective that the project was out to accomplish, um, you know, we fell short. Unless it's by design where you on purpose said we're stopping the project, we're changing direction, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about when it was implemented, they did not complete the project as designed on time with the quality and the output that was expected. So that's a pretty sobering statistic. I don't know how it is for you and your business, but as we go through this, I just invite you to know if you're, if you execute beyond 80%, or 20% in this case of your projects, you're above the curve, so to speak. But what's average is 80% are going to fail or fall short of expectation. This is a big deal. Um, This is where we waste a lot of time, a lot of money. We have a lot of staff morale issues. um, And fundamentally, we're not delivering our product or service to the market the way that we as CEOs, founders, business team leaders, sales leaders know that we could. So I'm committed in a few short minutes here to uh, really get to the heart of why do these 80% fail? And more importantly, how can you be in the top 20%? So again, 80% of all team goal setting and project initiatives fail. Incredible. Uh, So today's topic, masterful execution, how to be in the top 20%. A little bit about me for those of you who may be meeting me for the first time, put up just a little bit about my background here. Uh, As I said, I've been working with teams extensively and continue to do. My full-time job as a consultant is working with uh, CEOs, founders, and their leadership teams to help them implement their most pressing priorities and goals in the organization. So I'm a performance coach. It's what I do in day in and day out. And I love sharing about some of the practices that um, I know work and that the best teams in the world use. So as we continue here and deal with this 80% figure – Let's look at why they failed. Well, the study found that these teams did not fail due to a lack of executive vision. So that was not missing. There was plenty of executive vision, meaning the CEO, the founder, the the team leader had a vision for the future and had a clear vision of what the outcome should look like. That was in place. These uh, 80% also didn't fail because of, improper resourcing so in other words there was enough people there was enough money there was enough commitment behind the project to make it work so it wasn't because of money or people or time and it was also not because of a lack of strategy there was strategy in place it's not like people just started projects with no direction there was sufficient strategy so what was the source of these projects failing They fail 80% of the time, mostly due to a lack of coordination. So we're going to dig deeper into these, but um, coordination is missing. And you can see that. um, One of the biggest areas of missed opportunity in organizations is for people to work across the silos of the organization and integrate the projects that are on the plate and have a team looking at the successful outcome together. So teams are not coordinated because it's tough to do. Um, also due to a lack of communication so this goes hand in hand with coordination um, what they found is that where projects started to go off track people were not sounding the alarm early and often they were not speaking up you know it's the common thing of one engineer and the whole company sees that there's a problem with the code or with the project as an example but he or she does not, It doesn't occur to them to put up their hand and say, hey, boss or whoever, I think we have a problem with the design of our project. They keep their head down. They keep working, thinking, you know, they should just shut up to some degree and somebody must know better or they're not inspired or or committed for the success of the project. They're just doing their part. Therefore, the whole mission fails because that one part of the program doesn't work. And often people know that early on, they just step over it and they don't talk. Uh, but that's a leadership issue. And then lastly, uh, projects fail due to a lack of accountability. So accountability, uh, meaning that Every person who touches the project do not see the project, the whole completion and successful implementation of the project as their own. They may see a small piece in the whole puzzle as their own, but they're not owning the overall outcome. And also to a large degree, in my experience, senior leadership often don't own the successful implementation of project either. Um, The CEO or founder might definitely be standing there, but it's rare that they have the experience that everyone on their senior team are really Um, bringing the the rigor to ensure the successful implementation of all projects in the organization, not just what may be on their downline. So is this making sense so far? Yep. Okay. So, Oh, great. Thanks. So let's dig into, uh, oops, I've got that there. Let's dig into what this looks like uh, as we move through it. So the main premise here is, you can have a great group of individual performers, but big goals inevitably fall short of expectation if they do not learn to coalesce as a team. So we put together brilliant people. Now I work every day with really smart people, I really do. It's part of the pleasures of my job. I get to grow and learn from people much smarter than me in their specific area of expertise. Um, However, time and time again, I know that if a team has a a group of experts, a group of great CVs sitting around the leadership table, that does not guarantee success by any stretch of the imagination, and often it can be a barrier to the team's success because you have a lot of smart people protecting if, if they are protecting their own opinion or their own ego or their own point of view. And they're working really in silos on purpose, mostly to prove a point that they have the right answer to solve whatever it is the company's solving for. And often what gets missed is the team. The, the, we're not coalescing as a team. We don't really have each other's back. We're just gonna be busy doing work and not connecting the whole of the parts. So you can see that this is important. How do we get there? Well, first of all, by closing that execution gap, people talk a lot about the execution gap, and uh, that's what we're identifying here. Um, By solving that, being aware of the habits that close the gap, this does put you in the top 20%, or at least it it, it won't guarantee success, but we know it's going to de-risk your investment in your projects considerably and give you a great opportunity to absolutely succeed every time out. I have a view that every project absolutely can be successful every time out when the model I'm gonna present to you is, um, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. diagnosed is is used to filter your projects through because it will show you what's missing in the 80% that fail. Okay, so teams who execute, You know, they're empowered to take new actions together. They stop, they look, they work together, they collaborate together. So when they're empowered to take new actions together, they must have times to get together to talk cross-functionally. And this is lacking in organizations. They may meet in their departments and talk about a project, and then the senior leadership talk about it at the top. But you don't have the people who are actually building the thing talking across the aisle, so to speak, in real time. So one of the things around communication, obviously, is to have points of time where people are getting together and asking questions like, where might we fail? What's working, what's not working? What are we missing? Are we on track? Is there anything that anybody sees that's not working that we're not talking about? If we take the next step in the project, are we ready to take that? Is it on firm ground? Etc. So this is again, what this looks like when we're operating as a 20% um, you're in, uh, the teams are engaged in the company vision as their own. We'll say more about that. But again, this is about owning the successful delivery of something, which is very different than tacking, uh, checking off the task list, saying, I did my part. We want to have everyone in the organization, which is possible. Relate to the future in a way that they care about it. They're, they're. It's like a child. They're, they don't want it to be harmed. They'll speak up because they care about it. That's why people speak up. If they don't care about the overall success, they don't care, and literally, they don't even think it's their job to say anything. So, uh, how do we engage our group and key stakeholders in the overall outcome and why these projects are important? Teams who execute are accountable for the overall success of the group. So that's another way to say that, that the vision's their own. But that's about winning. It's about the successful delivery of something. You know, business can be viewed as a game, and we need to win every time out. And the projects are the the business of the business. We organize people to produce specific outcomes. And when we successfully implement, it feels very good. And it produces the results, hopefully, that we want. And we build on that success. And then lastly here, um, teams who execute are inspired about going above and beyond as a unified team. Um, I know right now, a lot of the teams I'm dealing with, of course, there's a changing landscape There's conversations about recession or no recession or return to office or not return to office, just as an example. And there's lots of strategies that need to be uh, re-looked at. Some need to be retired. We need to change the way that we operate for the future to be flexible, to be malleable. We can't be in panic mode, but we've got to be grounded and deal with the reality of what could happen in our business and where the opportunities lie. The great teams who are good at executing have confidence that they can pivot. They have confidence that they can scale in a new way. And not only that, they're inspired by the opportunity because they built that muscle over time to know that they can come together and look at a challenging environment and come up with new creative solutions together. All right, so that's a bit about how it looks. And I'm sure that you have some aspects of your team that are like that and maybe other areas that are not, or you've led teams before who are operating that level perhaps. And again, we always want to identify in these calls thinking about your real business, your real teams, uh, where is this present? Where is it not? Now, how do we actually fill this gap, this execution gap? So I'm going to present a model here, very simple, and it's answering the question, how to lead your team for masterful execution. It is about leadership, and it's about our eye on delivering the results. So I call this the execution triangle the execution triangle. So we're going to talk about three simple pillars and then there's something that holds all of them together. So to execute and be in the top 20%, we, we touched on vision. I must have a vision for the project or a vision for the workflow or a vision for the goals we set. Um, so I, I've used the word vision here and there's different layers of it. Of course, having an overall vision for the organization, which could um, um include your mission, your vision, your outcomes, your strategic outcomes, uh, uh, the difference you're out to make in the world, or just simply the business model that you're in, that you're building, you know, that money machine, whatever that is to serve a certain problem in the market. But there's a vision you have that's going to impact something that people want to buy, give you money for, and that you can build a team around to deliver. The stronger that vision is, the more context you have as a business leader to a step back into to speak about projects from you can think about a company who has no vision or no direction, and they're just doing work. Well, everything will just seem like more work to whoever's doing the work and the employees, it's like it just shows up and it's something to check off the list. And that may be appropriate for some businesses. For most, however, Uh, Being a strong visionary as a leader and being able to communicate that is important. And then asking yourself, how do I take my vision and how does it apply to this specific project, this mundane project, perhaps we're implementing a new software, but if we don't put the software in place, it's really going to impact our customer service this year, or it's going to impact our margin because we need to automate this process. And it's a pain in the butt, but how do I connect this pain in the butt project with our vision? Why does it matter? You know, this answers the why. What's the why behind the project, boss? So it's not only that in execution you need a vision, but it's that it's shared. So that's the hard work of being a leader. We need to say, how do I share this vision? How do I connect the why? Why is this important to the customer? How will this make our life easier? If it does, we can't BS. But uh, you know, why? What's the what's the logic behind this? Um, Too often we uh, overlook communication with the teams who are implementing something and they're really not clear why they're doing what they're doing and they don't see how it contributes to the big picture. So we got to make sure that's in place. If you don't have a shared vision on the project team connected to the bigger vision, that likely puts you in the 80% that fails. Make sense? All right. So that's one pillar. The second pillar is strategy. Okay. So we all know we need a strategy. Well, most projects, Have some strategy. Why why are we doing a project? Well, it's inside a strategic uh, thought process or outcome where we need to put this in place to make something else happen. So, um, projects often are designed to solve problems or to elevate something or to expand something. So the strategy simply must be sound. And again, I'll share with you from my experience much of why projects fail is because the strategy is flawed. Now, why is a strategy flawed? Not because people necessarily want to waste time, definitely from the executive level. We don't want to waste time, we just want something done. But perhaps from the executive level, our thinking wasn't sufficient to launch the strategy, but we launched it anyway. So as an example, the senior team, may think that it's a very sound strategy, but they haven't gone and asked the people in the organization who need to implement it. Or maybe commonly, um, we don't ask the sales reps in a sales organization, hey, we're implementing this new product line and marketing system, and it's going to be great. We're going to sell a lot, um, but we should get your input as the person on the ground talking to our customers every day. Have we missed something in our strategy for this rollout? Uh, Can you see yourself championing this? What would need to be in place for you to own this as your own? Uh, Do you see? And so it's not a sound strategy because we thought from our best view at this level that this looked great, but the sales rep says, boss, you missed a lot. And I cannot walk into the office of whoever with this brochure, with this messaging, with this thing, because it doesn't work. It's not what they want to hear and or it's not what I want to sell that I know works. So we need to talk to people who are actually going to touch the workflow and where the outcome is designed to impact um, real people. And then we need to slow things down. Too often we rush. We have so many strategies and so many priorities and we we rush into 10 things and we do them all half ass or we do them 50 percent expecting that all of it's going to fit on the calendar doesn't work. So sound strategic thinking is very important. Um, I've worked with other clients where they spent years on tech issues and it was a simple data entry kind of problem which was overlooked from the beginning. And in my opinion, it's because we just don't slow down to ask those questions until we can, you know, there's an old saying, um, the great golfers uh who are great you know golfers obviously but one of the best putters in the world was asked um you know what makes you such a world-class putter on the green and he said well most people stand over the ball look at the hole and they think to themselves i hope i get it in i stand over the ball look at the hole and i know it's already in the hole he already sees it sunk I like that visual because that's what, who we need to be in surgical strategy. We need to at least get to the point where we absolutely can see ourselves winning with the strategy we have. And we've done the thinking tactically backwards through it to make sure that this works. And, uh, you know, it takes intellectual effort. And sometimes we just want it miraculously to happen or someone on the team with some expertise to make it happen. But, you know, we leave it to chance and we end up in the 80%. All right. Action. Third pillar. I know none of these are earth shattering in themselves, but we want to look at, you know, what about action? We don't want action, just people doing a bunch of work. As I just said, running all over disconnected. So what's the key here? It's integrated action. It's coordinated action. That's where we need to come together across silos in the organization. We ask questions like who is the perfect team design team to get together to look at this project being successful yes it's a tech implementation or it's a tech we're building something out with technology let's say but we need the sales guy in here and we need the product guy in here and we need i don't know uh who else in there who else is going to touch this project or has has a view of this working for the whole organization put those four people in a room and stress test it and say what's the coordinated action You know, you can see how this all fits together. You got vision in the background. You're you're stress testing the strategy. You're planning before you go to war here to win. Because it is a war. And, you know, without a sound strategy, you're going to get killed. Sorry to be graphic, but that's just how it works. And these are the three that are most often missing. All right, so we'll say a little bit more about each of these in a moment. In the middle, what's the glue, of course, accountability. Accountability holds it all together. So, um we all want accountability, but it's one of those things, again, where it starts as the person in the mirror. Are you 100% accountable for the success of the implementation of whatever it is that's most important to the organization? Or are you abdicating your responsibility to somebody else, whether it's a VP or a director or a manager or or a staff member? Um, I've learned I need to be 100% accountable. It does not mean I babysit. It does not mean I handhold. I demand communication back to me. I demand clarity in in their performance. I demand honesty and openness. And I want to hear about what's working, what's not working, what's missing. Because I care most about the successful implementation of whatever it is we're doing, period. Isn't that what we care about around here? So we can have great fun conversations that are high performance together because I'm accountable for that result. And I'm going to hold you to account for it. And I expect you to hold me to account for it because we want things to work. We don't want to waste time, money, or resources. And failure is not an option. So accountability, it it starts there, right? And not only that, though, single point. So I I talk a lot with teams about um, people, yeah, we're all accountable. Well, yes, that's important if that's authentic. We are all accountable for the success. And when done well, that's very powerful but mostly people just say we're all accountable. And then what happens is you have the next meeting or project update meeting and everyone looks at each other like, I thought you were going to do that. You know, whatever that was, I thought that was your job or I thought you were working on that Damon, David, whoever. Uh, That doesn't work. So anything that is important to action that somebody needs to actually put time in their calendar for, this is how I invite you to think about it. There's a body of work that somebody needs to leave your meeting with, sit down and look at their own calendar and go, "Hmm, what am I going to do that?" Um, that that they need to, ha- you need to have a name beside that workflow or that item. Okay, whether it's an individual action or an overall outcome. I want to know who I go to, who's ultimately in charge of the tech working, who's in charge of product, who's in charge of sales, and then you know there's subsets of that. Uh, The point here is be suspicious if you have a a workflow item that in brackets beside it says everyone. No, 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 I know it may be everyone, but who's quarterbacking this thing. If it goes off the rails, who's actually going to follow up between this week and next week and make something happen here. That's a name I need on this list. All right, team. So that is the execution triangle. And I'm going to review each uh, uh, element of this briefly in a moment. But I invite you just to think anywhere executions breaking down, anywhere you're not happy with implementation, I promise you one or more of these things are missing or were missing. If you think back now and do a postmortem. And my intention is I hope this helps for you to get out in front of being masterful in execution. Uh, so briefly shared vision, uh, we're connected to the bigger vision. We understand why this project is important. We commit to our shared success. That's a starting point and answers the why. It enrolls people in the possibility of the future, what this looks like successfully accomplished. It, and it could be the most mundane thing. Like I said, this does not have to be the, you know, the whole new rebranding, which everyone's excited about. Uh, for everything we need to create context. Otherwise people just operate in a vacuum by their own devices. And that's not even bad. They're just going to be disconnected from from why they're doing it. Not optimal. Uh, So sound strategy. Sound strategy. We have really thought through it. So we slow down and we begin with the end in mind. What does it look like to have the ball in the cup? Right? Not like let's take five putts to make this thing happen. We know we may need to adjust. We're not going to always get it perfect. But I tell you, you'll know when you get a sound strategy where you as the leader can see in your mind's eye, I think we've done enough thinking with the right constituents from around the organization to give this the best shot at being implemented the way that I see it needing to be done and, as, and by design. But mostly projects do not start that way. They start with a lot of trial and error. And unless that's the intention where you just need to operate that way, which most projects aren't that way, um, you'll be missing a a foundation for success. Okay, sound strategy. We choose our best path forward with logic together. What's the logic? How will this work? We We are reverse engineering the future. We are working backwards from a specific result produced in reality. Here's the logic. Here are the steps. Here are the milestones. And we trust in our ability to fill the gaps as we go. So we won't have everything answered, likely. We will need to iterate. We all know that. But we got each other's back. We'll be in communication. We're going to invent what we need to invent or find the solutions we know as we go. And the the other big thing here is that people expect to have gaps this way. They're not surprised by gaps. Um, And when a gap shows up, they're not like, oh, there's something wrong. It's like, no, we expect that we would have some gaps in our knowledge or how we're going to implement this. So now we reconvene as a team and we say, what's next? All right, moving right along. Integrated action. We coordinate ourselves and departments. We depend on each other to do what we said. We communicate early and often with no surprises. Okay, all big items here. This keeps us moving together. The main point here is that if you think about a a great sports team, they all know where they're going to be on the field at what moment in time. That's what makes them great. I know that my wide receiver is going to run this route at this time. And when I turn around and I throw the ball without looking, somebody's going to catch that ball. That's the nature of a well-coordinated, integrated team. You trust each other because you've made promises to each other and you're going to get your stuff done by when you said you'd get it done. And uh, that builds a real sense of performance on the team. Okay. And where things aren't going to happen by schedule, you communicate early. So no group is surprised like, well, I'm because everyone's waiting on each other in integrated projects. So we need to be able to um, coordinate together uh, our timelines. Okay. And lastly, as we said, single point accountability. We own the success deliverables. We each do. Uh, We are clear what we're individually promising and we get it done. And we ask for help where needed. So wrapping up, the execution triangle, got here, vision, which is shared strategy, which is sound, action, which is integrated. We've got the accountability, everyone's owning the future together. And we've done the work to actually say who's doing what by when, single point accountability. That gives you a foundation to be in the top 20%. So a couple practices just to end up with that you can take away today. Don't assume anything, ask the question, inspect what you expect, the famous saying that therefore no surprises. Ask yourself what is missing and go after it and get out out of your comfort zone for the sake of the mission success. Uh, All of these really back into communication. You know, when I am more committed to the success of the mission, which is whatever project it is we're giving our word to, when I'm more committed to that, than you know, the reasons in my head not to speak up or the excuses I give myself that it's somebody else's job the more committed I am to the team succeeding, the mission for the customer, the more I'll pull myself through like that, that comfort zone that or the uncomfort of picking up the phone and just calling somebody. Hey, Dave, I wanted to check this out. I, I know it's not on my direct line of accountability, but I noticed that the project team is two days late on this thing. How is that going to impact you? Is there anything I can do to help facilitate it? You speak up because you're not worried about just your workflow. You're worried about, you know, you could say the men getting to the moon and back safely. All right, team, thank you very much as always for, oh, I missed one there. There it is. <laughs> Practice the language of high performance, which is the whole deal. And and the famous saying, which is what's the next action? Um, I guess that's the final thing I would say is that if you're in conversations with people where you're just going around the table, you know lamenting about perhaps what the problem is you can listen to that for a while if you're diagnosing something but you better get to the point where you say okay team what's the next action to move us through to the result that we're committed to here often that question is not asked and you just get up with people you know uh, uh giving their opinions about what what should be done but no one's doing anything new